Hi, welcome to the Travel Advice Show. Thank you for listening all around the world, and you can listen to all our shows at TravelAdviceShow.com. And I'm Chris Newton, one of the co-hosts. I'd like to introduce my other co-host, Jerry Fuller. How you doing, Jerry? Excellent. Uh, great, yeah. Would you like to introduce our topic today in our Travel Advice? I would. We're going to be talking about Botswana, which I rank in the top five best countries in the world to visit. Oh, the top five, really, Jerry? Yeah, yeah. it is. That's awesome. Um, it's, in my opinion, and many people's opinion, phenomenal. In fact, it's a country that I think is the best place to go, the best country to go to, to see African animals. There are a few exceptions, but overall, the reason I say that is because Botswana is fairly compact, And it has such a wide variety of terrain and kinds of animals that you can get to fairly easily. And um, the experience is so unique because each area you do it a little differently. So you get a better example, um, uh, experience of the animals. I've heard, Jerry, too, Botswana is not as crowded as some of the other countries, too, right? I think. Oh, that is true. And really? that is probably one of the major reasons I like it. Oh, really? Okay. The, yeah, cr- the crowds because, aren't as big. Okay. Um, of the way it's laid out, the different parks and reserves, that, um, and the way they have their lodges and camps, um, you're the only person there. Wow. Yeah. Some of the lodges, for example, only have like four or five rooms. And so you're only going to have 10, 12, 14 people there, not 40 or 50. And when you go out on game reserve, uh, game sighting, the, um, it's just you and whomever you're with, whoever you're with, like your spouse or somebody, in the Land Rover or Toyota, going through, and you rarely see anybody else. And you have the opportunity of going exactly where you want to go to see the animals that you want. Wow. So, yeah, it, 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 almost nothing bad to say about Botswana. The first, except there's no ocean, there's nothing like that. It's landlocked, surrounded by Namibia, Zimbabwe, and South Africa. And, um, but, oh, wow, what a place. Everyone I've ever recommended, my staff and I have ever recommended, have ranked it extremely high. Now, we, let's talk about when to go. Uh, the bad thing about Botswana is the best time to go is June, July, and August. It's is that the winter, the, the winter time there, Rachel? Yeah, it's winter down there. Um, and it can get cold in the low 40s. Oh, really? The lows? Yeah. yeah. And the days are only in the 70s. Oh, nice. That, that sounds time. great. It depends on where you're going, but this is very, very close to the truth everywhere, but the nice thing about it is the chance of getting rain is probably zero. 
if you go in December, January, and February, which nobody goes, with some exceptions, and we'll talk about it, uh, it rains, and it, it can rain. It rains a lot, yeah. yeah. It can rain a lot, and to the point where you're not able to go out because it's all mud, and um, it, can, it can dampen your experience. Uh, there are a few exceptions when you want to go in the winter, but you have to be aware. Now, let's talk about how do you travel Botswana. It's not as easily travelable as, uh, say, Tanzania, South Africa, like Kruger, or uh, Kenya, where there are roads everywhere to get you to the game reserve. And they're basic tracks, little dirt roads that you follow around in the game reserve. Um, they're isolated, these camps, and most people fly in small planes between the camps and lodges. Um, it's sort of like the Falkland Islands. Okay. Um, you have a day that you want to fly from point A to point B, but you have no schedule. You have no idea until sometimes the morning of departure. And the um, hotel or lodge or wherever you are will say, okay, your flight leaves at 10 a.m. this morning or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And these planes are small. They hold between maybe 4 to 10 people. And they pick up different people and fly them. And um, so it's very, very... Um, it's You feel like you've gone back 100 years in some ways because we're used to schedule. It leaves at 9.32 a.m. Right. But it's it's kind of fits the entire atmosphere. So it's really kind of fun. Yeah. Well, but, yeah if you're yeah. a first-time visitor to Botswana, like, how long would you stay like for the first time in, in the country? Yeah. Well, again, it depends on why you're going. But if you're going to go to see the animals, yeah. you must go to at least three game reserves or parks. You have three to different ones? Yeah. Yeah. Because there are so many uh, different um, scenery, terrain, animals are located uh, in certain places, like in the Delta, Okavango Delta, you'll get the water animals, like um, crocodiles and um, hippos and things like that. Okay. And um, it's, you get the water animals, basically. You'll get others, but basically water, because it, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, you need to stay a minimum of three nights, no matter where you go. Most people stay three or four nights, unless there's a reason. Like, if you're going to Abu, um, that specializes in elephants. They take um, orphaned elephants and some wounded elephants. and help them. And so they have lots of elephants there. And um, But you also can go by the moros to the water and see the water animals. So, I mean, it depends on where you're going, but you must stay at least three nights wherever you go. And um, it, it's just mandatory, I think, and everyone, I think, will agree. So you can get a better chance to see what's happening. And um, Another thing about Botswana that is so neat is because, as I mentioned, in the 
relatively small. Well, Botswana is about 70-80% desert, the Kalahari Desert. But we're talking desert, such as the Atacama Desert in northern Chile. Okay. All right. Yeah, the, one of the driest deserts in the world, right? Up in yeah, and we're talking almost Sahara. Um, so it is desert, and so you—it's uh, only the upper third of the company country that you can actually want to visit to see most of the animals. And um, because of that, and they only—you really only go June, July, and August. You have and, to fly to most. You have to if you go to one reserve, you have to fly to another reserve. Most of the time, you oh. can go overland. Oh, 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 okay. Do they have some roads? Yeah, they do have roads. You don't get the same experience as you would at a lodge, but you will get a different experience if you overland. Many of the overland start or end at Victoria Falls. Oh. In Zimbabwe, and they end up down in Bintook in Namibia. And they go from like eight to ten days as an average, and um, and you sleep in the truck oh, wow. or in tents that they'll set up. Oh, that's cool. So it's really overlanding and rustic. It's a fabulous way to go, and almost any age can do it. But you should be a little healthy to do that because it requires you to move, action, participate, etc. But they're, I call them dirt cheap because I mean, they start like $1,200, like eight to 10 days, and plus the food kitty, which uh, it varies, but let's say 100 to $150 per person for the food. So that's pretty cheap wow. to travel anywhere in the world yeah. for that length of time. But then again, it's rustic, and but it's wonderful. You go to the villages, and you hit a few of the game reserves. It's not the same experience, but the experience you gained from it. I'd recommend somebody on their second time or third time to Botswana do it. Um, or if you just want a rustic overview of the country, overland. And um, there's a company that offers a wide variety. It's called Tour Radar, <clears throat> R-A-D-A-R, Tour Radar. And they offer a wide variety of programs. And they represent a lot of companies that do it. So you, just one call does it all. You tell them basically what you want, and they will recommend the company oh, that nice. does what you want. Oh, they're kind of, yes, so they, they have a bunch of companies that they know that specialize in the different... Right, and they will recommend those companies. It's sort of like going to a travel agency, Yeah. and they recommend the tour company, a, tour, a cruise line, a tour company, or something like that. Yeah. And so it's a great place. It's tourradar.com. Tourradar.com, okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and we'll put a link on the, on that on the website, too, there. So. Oh, good. Yeah, because it's a um, it's a good place to start for overland. Okay. Now, but most people, as I say, fly into Mon M A U N from Joburg or somewhere, and then they um, immediately board a small aircraft, which is you go in, clear customs, immigration, and then you just walk right out to your plane, and off you fly. And um, to wherever you're going, 
And that's the only time there is a schedule that I can think of. As you know, the meeting you applied, and then they head off. The funny thing about it is that you can only arrive at the latest at a certain time, depending on where you're going, because they must land before it's dark at these uh, lodges and reserves. They must, because they circle the runway. It's a dirt runway. They circle it to make sure there are no animals out there. Some representative who's going to pick you up for your lodge uh, is waiting there. They have a gun, and if there's any animals on the uh, runway or nearby, they shoot into the air to scare them off so the plane can land. So you can't land at dark, and you so you, you have to schedule things a bit. But they will tell you when you make your reservation uh, what you can do. And um, let's see what else, anything about transportation. And the lodges, oh, my word, where you can stay. I mean, they have a wide variety of them. Um, they range from, like, rusty camps. I mean, rusty um, camps, basic, to uh, tenting safaris where you go and they set up a tent in the middle of the reserve or wherever, and uh, it's like camping, rough camping in the States or someplace. And um, you stay there a few days, and maybe they'll pack it all up and drive somewhere else and set up the tents again. And they're usually less expensive. Well, they are less expensive, usually, but 99% less expensive than um, otherwise. But most people... Stay in the lodges in the um, area they're going. And the lodges range from, ooh, I hate to say it, let's say mid-range price. Okay. Maybe two or three hundred a night, maybe four, up to over fifteen hundred a night. Oh, wow, really? They have real exclusive? Oh, yeah. It's a wide variety of price ranges. And there are not a lot of these accommodations, lodges, in the parks. Not this massive amount. And that's why you must book at least seven, eight months in advance. I recommend a year in advance to get the one that you want and the order that you want to visit them uh, because they sell out. Because the world is going to Botswana, but there's not many can go. Yeah, because no the infrastructure maybe isn't as built up, maybe. I'm sorry? The infrastructure maybe isn't as built up as like Kenya, maybe? Oh, nothing like Kenya or Tanzania or even South Africa. Yeah. Nothing. Um, As I say, you can fly into your reserve, your lodge, and there's not another lodge within probably 20 miles. It's just you and the few at the lodge. And you cannot get there by car in most cases. And... uh, Let's talk about the different reserves. Okay. Oh, the neat thing about Botswana, in a relatively small area, you can go to salt plains. They call them salt pans, P-A-N-S, and they're exactly, uh, the one of them that I absolutely love, and I never say it right, the Magda de Gadi salt pan is sort of in north-central Botswana, and um, if any of our listeners have been to southwest sort of Bolivia, to the salt plains, the salt desert, where you can see for miles, perfectly flat, nothing, 
but dry salt. Nothing but dry salt. And uh, it's beautiful. It's fantastic. But it's just like Botswana's salt desert. Um, and sort of like we've been to the like um, the um, Bonneville Salt Flats down in U- here in Utah. It's similar and to that. You, yeah. Yeah. You get the idea. But it's flat. We have mountains in Utah. Right. But it's flat. And um, you you go there. Well, we'll talk about that for a minute because that's where you can see tons of flamingos, meerkat, lions. You can ride quad bikes out on the salt. You'll see elephants. But the reason you go there is to experience the expansive salt pan. It's just so different. Uh, It's like being in another world. And you cannot believe just a 20-minute flight, you're in practically a jungle. You're in the Delta, or you're up in Chobe, or somewhere else. It's so different, and it's neat. And now, one thing I should mention for everywhere that you go. Um, now, the lodges have their own guides, and they're excellent. And if you stay in an expensive one, you, you and your partner, or just you or whoever you're with, get in a, a Toyota or a Land Rover with your guide and a driver, and off you set to go where you want to go. And um, it's just you. And you get there, and 99% of the time, it's just you there. So they can move around freely. Like if you go to the the parks and reserves, like Kenya and Tanzania, in many cases, you'll see tons of other people, tons, uh, small buses, like 20 people, and other vehicles, and um, you don't get the isolation, the feel that it's just you and that animal. And it also gives you the opportunity, um, by going with a private driver and guide, to experience things that you may not experience anywhere else. I know in one place uh, a couple of times ago in Botswana, uh, we went to the lodge in King's Pool, I think it was, and... Um, I said, I want to see a lion. So they took us right to the lion. And here's a, a male lion with a couple of females and a bunch of babies, three or four babies. And um, I was, we were just watching them, and they're fabulous. Then they got up and left. But as they're leaving, this male lion went right by the open vehicle that we were in, and he sort of scraped my wow. side. I mean, he was not three inches from me. I could have just poked my little finger out a bit and touched him. Of course, I wouldn't. I was leaning as far the opposite direction as I could. Of course, that's stupid. I mean, if he wanted me, all I had to do is just swat, and I'm dead. But um, <laughs> you get really up and close with the animals wow. that way. So um, you, the salt pan is really neat. And that is in, as I said, the north central. Now, if you go to the far north, north, right on the um, Zimbabwe border, in fact, many people fly to Victoria Falls, see the falls, and then drive over to Chobe. Uh, the main airport for Chobe National Park is Kusane, K-U-S-A-N-E. You fly there, 
they pick you up and drive you out to your um, lodge or where you're staying, the tents or whatever. And um, the neat thing about Chobe, now it is more crowded, okay, because people just bump over from Victoria Falls. And um, But they do have the Chobe River, and you can get in these boats, and usually, usually there are like 10, 20 people on these boats, which um, I try to charter one because I don't want, uh, well, sometimes you do want more people to get their impression and all that. But they go down the river, and you can see all these birds, oh, and all these animals along the river. So it's, Chobe is a nice place to go. Um, it's very huge, and it has swamps and water, and and you can also experience the Makoro. It's a sort of a wooden canoe type boat, and it's uh, it has a the guy, it's sort of like Venice. Usually has a pole and like a gondolier, and um, they pull it along this river, or in the um, the Okavango Delta, they usually sit down. They almost always sit down. And um, then they just pull you along the delta, the swamp. So a lot of people go to Chobe. And I would call that, I think I'm not lying, the most touristy area. Okay. Yeah, the most touristy area. Now, you must go, I'm not going to say you have to go to Chobe. But um, if you do go to the Chobe area, it's a very good experience. But one place you have to go is the Okavango Delta. It's in the north-central part. It's north of Mon, and it's the wetlands. And that's where you see lots of hippo and crocodiles and water. water. But you see other animals, too. And um, that's where you have the um, moral. Now, in Chobe, the, um, I, I told you wrong. They don't really have the moral there in Chobe because you just go by motorboat. Um you can, I haven't done it, but I've seen people out in smaller boats. Um, but it's in the Cobango where you do the moral. And you must do it. <clears throat> you must do it. It's fabulous. And um, we talked about um, the Matagat, I can never say it, Matagadi uh, salt pan. But one place you must go, I think, is the Central Kalahari Game Reserve, and it's sort of in central Botswana. Now, this is where you get more of the Kruger, Kenya, and Tanzania experience. This is where you see zebras, and um, lion, and cheetah, and antelope. Wow. Okay. It's more like that. So these are the main ones that people go to. A lot of go- people go to the Moraini Game Reserve in the northeastern edge of the delta. And but if uh, that's one of the areas of the delta, uh, the Okavango Delta is an interesting experience. It's a delta, sort of like uh, the Mississippi Delta or the Nile Delta. It's a river that starts off in Angola, up in the mountains, and, uh, and then the, it runs down the river, and then it spreads out because it's flat, and it has all these islands. And on some of the islands, you have the game reserves and the airport. And um, it's big. It's Bigot Delta. 
and um, there's different areas of the Delta. So for our listeners that are going to the Delta or anywhere in Namibia, just keep in mind that 80, 90% of that which you want to do in Botswana is in the northern third, and you must research, you must research each of the game reserves um, to find out what animals are there, what birds are there, um, what kind of accommodations you can see and stay in. And um, it's really important to get the right lodge or location, game reserve that you want, because not everyone is different. It is very different because you have the swamp areas, you have the desert areas, you have the salt pan areas, you have the dry areas, which I was just talking about where you can see lion and all that. And um, so you must really spend time researching. And, and you recommend, Jerry, like the um, the first time you go, try to go to at least three, like three different ones? You you must. You must go to at least three, the first visit. And they must be in three different areas. Like the desert, the, the, the delta area, and yeah, like different climates and different. Yeah, it is. Like you have the swamps, and you have the chobe, then you have the salt pan, and you have the flat area, the more area like Tanzania. Okay. Yeah, more the um, that area where you have the trees and all that. So great. Yeah, that's a good question. So yeah. it's a, but you must go with a guide. You you cannot. I won't say you cannot, but you should not. It'd be very unwise to go if you do not have a guide. Jerry, this is, this is Robert. Uh, I remember reading Michael Crichton's book, Congo, and yes. he said that, I'm hearing you talk about rivers and swamps and things, and then, like, you know, they're, they're in the kind of guided boats. The animal that the natives of, of Africa fear the most is not the lion, the elephant, or snakes, but the hippopotamus. That is Can true. you talk about that? Because we yes. think of them as just, docile, uh, you know, eating vegetables or whatever like a cow would, but in fact, they kill more people in Africa, I think, than any other animal. That's what I've heard also. And I know that when you are in the um, Delta and you're in the uh, reserves and park areas that specialize with hippos, I know that the guys carry guns more often. They also uh, stay clear of the hippos. See, like that lion that came up. I mean, I could have touched the thing right there. It wasn't three inches from me because it's open vehicles right there. But no, the hippos, they do not get close to the hippos. They stay far enough away that you can still see them, but they do not get really close. Many animals like crocodiles, they'll get not real close, but they will get close enough to say, oh, that's close enough. But any other animals, they will get close, but not the hippo, because, and I have not researched them, but I I don't remember, because they do tell you why, <clears throat> and they tell you the same thing, you know, you can't trust the hippo, and I don't know what sets them off, but I saw a hippo one time, years ago, that was chasing a predator, I think it was a crocodile, I mean, it I can't believe how fast they can go in the water. I mean, these things can run on the land and they can swim. 
and you're just stunned because, as you said, Robert, that they're docile looking. They yeah, just lounge kind of around and you know? stay cool in the water because they don't want the heat to dry them out. And, uh, oh, yeah, they're, but they can move and you cannot outrun them. So, <laughs> wow. uh, if you're into hippos and you want to see them, take telephoto lenses. Oh, yeah. And good telephoto lenses. Not just the normal zoom lens that you get with a normal camera. You have to have one that's like six inches long or something. Um, I know my friend, when he travels, he has a very good long telephoto lens for this very type of thing. And, um, and for other animals that you shouldn't get too close to, or if in the trees, or in the jungles, like uh, gorillas, mountain gorillas. And, um, you want to see their eyeballs. So you have these lenses. And so you use those. And I know on the boats and things, if there's other people with you, they have long, good telephoto lenses because you cannot get close. You don't want to get close because you could be killed. Sure. All right. Great. Very well. Sounds good. But uh, go to Botswana. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds like, I mean, if... You know, you want to really check out different animals, but also just, the, uh, you know, get, kind of get away more, too, uh, less crowded. I, I think that sounds great. Yeah, yeah and it's so cl- it's clean. It's well, well rather, it's real clean for Africa. And people speak English, right, pretty good? Yes, they yeah. do. They speak English. Sometimes the accent is such that you really have to concentrate. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah. but yes, they speak English, most of them. Uh, all the guys, all the managers of the reserves, yeah, every, the people in the shops. So English is very com- common. Okay. Uh, well, thanks a lot, Jerry. Yeah. Well, um, yes. It's yeah. great talking about Botswana.